now we're recording the podcast. Uh, <laughs> have fun with that, producers. All Let's right, it together. We got it. We got a time crunch, and we got a lot to celebrate. There is uh, two hundred dollars yeah. in cold hard cash on the line. This is the sound of cold hard cash. Nice. Leave a comment if you're on the live stream. A comment is an entry. Uh, for that $200 prize that was uh, crowdsourced as a way to celebrate. It was interesting, guys, as I was asking a lot of people, what what should we do for the 200th episode? And, and Jacqueline Pinsky was like, give everyone an elephant. Like she wanted a marketer, a bigger, badder celebration, the more to promote. But the thing I got back the most actually was you just keep doing your thing. Like go live was, was a big yeah, one. Uh, maybe bring back an old guest. But the biggest thing was, we don't really like those episodes where they just talk about themselves for an hour and don't give us the thing we come here for every week. So well, that makes sense. That's that's what we're gonna do. Which means it's time for story time. Story time. Let's do it. All right, Julie. Okay, so I'm reading a book right now. Four thousand weeks. I keep wanting to call it four thousand hours, but. I'm only like a quarter into it, so I can't tell you whether you should go read it or not. But basically what I get from it so far, the premise is is you don't need to just figure out ways to get more things done. You need to make sure you're doing the right things that are priorities in your life. I don't know. I've got to read the rest of it. But there was one line in there that really stood out to me as far as kind of what we do. And it was, convenience makes things easy, but without regard to whether easiness is truly what's most valuable in any given context. And I thought that line related to so many things that we talk about all the time as marketers. You know, a lot of times we want to communicate to people, oh, building a home is easy with these few steps. Well, it's not easy. (laughs) You know, nobody would ever do build on your lot if, if it was about easiness. So sometimes, yeah, we can communicate that there's an easy next step, but sometimes we need to look more at what people actually value and what we can provide to people of that value than focusing so much on giving them that easy button that doesn't really exist necessarily, especially right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I think why I love that, it really actually amps me up hearing you talk about that because what, what we said for a long time is if it's easy, everyone will do it, which means it's not unique, not different, not special. I was watching a Bluey episode because that's my kids, my boys, seven and nine, love Bluey. If you haven't seen it, it's, it is hilarious little five minute know. clips of an animated dog from Australia. Um, but they had, to, they had a big pile of toys that they, they were like, which ones are we going to give away? Which ones are we going to keep? And they're like, keep them all. We actually need more. Can you buy us more? And the lesson of the episode was, if you have everything you want, you don't really value anything that you have. And some of that same idea is, is if it's really easy, uh, you should be looking for the things that are easy and other people aren't doing, because then that's at least a differentiation. Uh, and there's probably a reason that people aren't doing it because there's some mental barrier they've got to push past. Or, But I think that's, if you're trying to figure out why don't people value what I'm doing, um, if, if you're doing too many easy things, even if you're doing them well, it's it's not going to be valued the same as if you're accomplishing a couple hard things, too. It's very true. Very true. Why is it four thousand weeks? I just did the math. That's seventy six years. Is that that's how many <laughs> weeks life? are in your life? So that's okay. what they're they're saying. Like it goes by. It goes by quickly, and so you know, what are you really I was doing? Thinking, like that has to be that. Oh. Hey, hey, Sally posted in in the live feed. Are you celebrating with some green? Yes, that's the that's the cash. Cash is the green. <laughs> yeah. It's St. Patrick's Day as we record the episode. Andrew, what do you got? 
I have a few quick ones, a few lighthearted ones. So we had a marketing meeting earlier, like a few hours ago. Uh, it's spring break week this week, which is great if you work from home. We've always been from home or distributed workforce. I hear the microwave beep. I'm like, oh, cool. The boys are making lunch. I go out there and I catch my six-year-old, the middle child. He has oven mitts on and a ramen noodle packet. <laughs> and it's like black. And it smells like something's oh. burning. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought it was like, oh, they're overcooked. He, did, he didn't take the lid off or add water. They put it in the microwave. Like it said, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's not like cup of noodles. Like oh, that's where you right. put the you water keep it in, in the microwave at all. They just put the bag in there to open it up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the house almost burned down around <laughs> this thing. This, so that was a mess. Uh, the next one was, I just thought it was funny going through this email. Um, no lessons from the Robin. Just follow directions. <laughs> like, well, follow well, directions. That's the lesson. Read the instructions. Yeah. Or yeah, read, read the manual. If you can't figure something out, it just you might need to read it. So don't ask for help. Just read the manual. From January 17, 2018, mm. I'd sent an email to Kevin. Podcast name, Brain Dump. And there are some terrible names. So here's, I think, oh, the fun. few worst ones was uh, Between Noon two nerds, which is a knockoff of between two ferns from, <laughs> from that series, uh, builder marketing Institute. Ugh, that sounds creepy. Doesn't it? Um, builder marketing tribe, builder marketing masterminds, builder marketing playbook. I think that was used a while mm -hmm. ago. And then at the end, the screenshot, which is funny, it's like, Jared, that's three fifteen PM. And then 10 minutes later, I send over market proof marketing, like as like af afterwards, boom. There you go. There's the name. So all these, yeah. I failed, I failed, I failed. And then sure enough, there's the name. And then I also pulled up, I have, this is my last story. Episode number two for the podcast. At the very end, we talked about, there's a question of the week. Hey, when am I ready for online chat? Great question. And there's these <laughs> list of specs. I don't know if these are true. four years ago. This is four <laughs> years ago. So let's see if any of these are, are still true. Your answered call rate on all phone calls is consistently over 80%. <laughs> Your overall response time to email slash form leads is consistently under five to 10 minutes. Your current website converts leads above one and a half percent for sessions. Your online sales team has the margin to take on chat. Chats can last 10 seconds to 30 seconds or so. Probably up to 30 now. minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 I minutes think, at a time. Okay. I, did, yeah. Carry I over. I think the only thing that's different would be that the majority of the builders right now have closer to a 2% conversion on, on, on their website activity. So, so everything yeah. else kind of would still apply. And the reason I hit the rim shot was because if, if you have an answer rate that is that good right now, you are one of 80. the few, Yep, you're one of the few just because of the volume and the, and the off balance of supply and demand. So yeah, thanks for that trip down memory lane, Andrew. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, yeah. Do you guys actually pop quiz? What episode do you think has been the most popular? I'll give you some hints. It is an episode with a guest and it was a guest that we had on another milestone episode. Well, I think I remember and we used for to our have good, our good buddy, Will Duderstadt here. Uh, did we used to have topics and guests at the same time? Yes. I think we did. So yeah. this is getting sneaky. It wasn't like separate. I have an idea. I don't know if that's fair if I answer it. I won't answer first. Yeah, no, you go. You go. It's your I show. Think the, I think the Broken Community one is definitely one of that the That is most a top 10. Ones. That is a top 10. Oh, no, we, we had a guest on this episode and it was another um, milestone. So like 50th Julie, episode, I know the answer episode, you should say. To you get, only really like, have four gift. choices. 50th, 100th, 150th, or this one, oh, which would be I can't remember the numbers anyway. Maybe one. A pre, one of the pre-sell without Bell, like a Ashley DeYoung. 
Uh, also a, a top 25. I did, I did look at all this. It is top 25, Ashley. Good job. Mr. Jeff Shore, uh, ah, 928 yeah, streams, uh, nice. between Spotify, um, episode 50. We should have oh, known that. Okay. Episode True. 50. Yeah. Nice. So that gives something for us the to shoot for. Sure. We got to beat with the next guest, whoever that is comes on. We got to get you to a thousand. All right. Jeff I got, Shore, I got some rapid fire story time things. Oops, I feel like I've, I've missed an episode, but I haven't, I just have a lot to talk about. The first thing that I'm, I'm actually incredibly excited for is I, we have finally found a way to get uh, Facebook, Instagram ads to go back to 2019 level effectiveness. I could not be happier about this because uh, ever since the privacy stuff, you know, it, it hasn't been super dramatic. Like it doesn't work at all, but the cost per click and the amount of attention that you could purchase from social channels in comparison to uh, search or other sources, it was just getting awful expensive in comparison to. And so to be able to, over the test we've been running the last couple couple weeks now, to get back to like 15 to 20 cent uh, cost per link click, not interaction with the ad, especially if you're doing engagement uh, as a goal, but actual getting traffic to a builder's site. And the quality of that traffic to basically be the same as what the other tactics we were previously using, I was like, hallelujah, we're, you know, it's like seeing an old friend back. And I know there's all kinds of controversy around platforms and everything else, but in terms of driving results for builders, not that anyone or most anyone needs an extra couple thousand people to come to their site True. these days. That's kind of where I'm going next, but man, it's good to have that back. The other thing, let's see, uh, I'm going to have to pull it up here real quick, but I wanted to show you guys and gals the latest aggregate data studio chart because the other trend that we're seeing overall is just that website activity and lead volume is down in comparison to prior months. And pre-pandemic, March was usually like the peak. January would be certainly much better than December, but then February, a little bit better. And then March was usually the month where walk-in traffic and website traffic and all those things really started taking off. And um, now it's it's not really not really that way. In fact, if, if you listened to last week's episode, Super Bowl has marked the beginning of the decline the last two years, this year and, and 2021. So what that means is on calls with builders, uh, what we tend to hear is we're still blowing away our sales goals. We don't know how we're going to build all these things. Prices are going up every third sale, second sale. We've stopped selling. All those things are true. And yet there's still this kind of uneasiness about a website activity and or lead volume decreasing compared to prior weeks. Well, it goes into prices going up. And, and I know Jackie Lipinski doesn't like it when we take our faces away on live stream. So I won't do this very this long, okay. but if you look at the red lines, I'm going to mark here, you know, this is 2020, 2021, 2022 in blue down here, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And so the trend is definitely down. It's been a little bit more scattered because of the war in Ukraine and interest rates and other things, but the general direction is down uh, like last year, partly because of um, market dynamics, builders not allowing people to purchase lots and lots of reasons um, but at the end of the day, we have to keep reminding ourselves and our teams that sales are a function of appointments with customers. It is not a direct function of lead volume, and it's not a direct function of traffic, however, whatever that means to you. 
It's individual conversations, meaningful conversations around price that happen online or off. We call those appointments. And we don't need 100 appointments to get 10 sales. In today's market, it's very common for builders to, to have six appointments and get three sales. But if you're a salesperson or some, an owner, or lots of people in an organization, that just it's like, how long can that continue? And that's where people feel uneasy. Spoiler alert, it's already been happening for a long time. And interest rates look like they're just going to ease up over time, not, not be overly dr drastically shooting up uh, unless something changes. And the other good news is from Altos Research, this past week was the first time that we had more existing homes for sale around the country than we did the prior week. It was only 1,500 more, but we weren't going down in terms of supply. And so I think nice. what's going to happen is something similar to last year, where last year it was in July where, where the downslope stopped and it went back up all the way until Thanksgiving. That's because one builder said, hey, all those inventory homes we started, you can buy them now. And we started marketing a little bit more. The other reason is that the existing market had more homes come on the market as well. And so if you're driving to work, if you still do that and you don't commute at home, you saw a house for sale, a new sign in the yard, you think, oh, wow, there's more homes on the market. Maybe I'll start my own home buyer journey again. And then builders become part of that process. But for whatever reason, people still, and I, again, we talked about why, and I understand why, they still feel uneasy about the front end metrics maybe being a little bit slower. But at the same time, uh, just today on a call, like, so what do we advertise if we don't have anything to sell? What's, what's the reason to have the conversation? It's one thing to say, we're going to let you start buying homes again, pre-sale homes in May. So come on out now and design the home of your dreams so that you're ready. But if you're saying, we don't plan to sell pre-sale homes again until we don't know when, and we don't have any for sale right yeah. now, and we can't tell you when they're coming. So just lots of, lots of things to think about there and make sure your team is on the same page, sales and marketing are on the same page, leadership's on the same page. The last thing is Another one. using technology to help crowdsource content is something that I don't think is new, but there's new technology coming. Uh, and I'm going to talk about it on my webinar with ECI on uh, March 23rd. There's a, a new service that uses box browning like um, photo fixes but does it 100% using computers. There is no human to interact with. Mm. And so that means the pricing is even less. Uh, you can batch those photos. And now they also have a tool that can live outside of your site where you can just say, hey, salespeople, construction team members, you just take every picture your little heart desires and upload it here. And then the marketing team can go through and curate, select you know the 30 best pictures, hit a single button, all 30 pictures get automatically optimized and sent to the CMS of your website for you to work with. So I think as we have like all that. these inventory homes being built, a lot of people have been talking about difficulty of getting just the sheer amount of documentation, but still trying to do it nicely uh, in the content that they need. And so um, we'll talk more about that at the webinar. And Especially if you want more frequent updates, if you're like every three weeks, every whatever amount of weeks, you can have a photographer out there all the time. That would exactly. Be, yeah. Quite, quite expensive. Holy cow. Time is flying. All right. 15 minutes. Moving on to the news with a quick break for our partners. 
This is my little partner music. Transition nice. to the nice vibe. No more typewriter, Andrew. Episode 200, we're upgrading everything. Open Door partners with home builders across the country in over 2,000 sales offices and has helped generate more than $2 billion in new construction home sales. As a builder sales associate, you can provide flexible close dates to help customers avoid double moves and mortgages by closing anytime from 14 days to nine months and offer a complimentary two-day late checkout from the current home to help alleviate the stress of moving. Go to opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn more about how you can partner with Opendoor. All right. Rapid fire on the news front because holy smokes, we got a lot. But online sales and marketing summit, get on the list. Tickets to the VIP list will open up in April. We are in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, September 20th and 21st. The site is up. Go check it out. Go watch the hype video from last year's event. Uh, look at all the interviews, check out the Canby. We're taking over the whole thing. So uh, that's the yes, first one. The second one is the Market Proof Marketing Academy, I believe. Let's check live. There are mm, three spots left. Someone else bought a go. ticket while I wasn't looking. Yeah, about five minutes ago. Three spots left there. Don't have time to talk about anything else about it. <laughs> and then Market Proof Awards. Julie Jarnigan did, I don't know, 20 Different video interviews. All the winners from 2021 are listed here as well as on our site. When you click through, you will see, look at this, a nine minute and 30 second video with the winner talking about their award, what they did, how they did it, what they would suggest you do as trying to solve the same problems. We've got blog posts right along with it. It's amazing. You can also sign up there to be alerted when uh, submissions for 2022 Market Proof Awards opens up very soon. I think that was a record. All right. On to the real news. Well, man, we don't even have time for this one. Uh, we'll link this in the show notes, guys. But another Wall Street Journal article that caught my eye. Homes earned more for owners than their jobs last year. So check this Neat. crazy <laughs> an stat interesting out. interesting way to look at it. That is one way to do it. It's, uh, it's not liquid, Zillow, but I mean, it's, it's there. Yeah. Zillow Group reported this, that the average U.S. home rose 19.6% in 2021 which is an average increase of $52,667. And the average U.S. full-time worker, or the median U.S. full-time worker, earns $50,000 last year before taxes. So they're talking about actual income there. I just thought that was, that was crazy. That's I mean, crazy. It, you read a headline like that and you think it's fake news or just something to get you to click. And you're like, no, I mean, now to your point, Andrew, you you can't necessarily just go spend it, but you could get a home equity line to get a lot of it uh, pulled out if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, next up from our friends at Zelman and Associates. Hi, Ivy. Miss you. We should do another podcast soon. They did a really interesting analysis of SG&A expenses of public home building companies. And I'm going to say that again, of public home building companies. They public, analyzed public. public home building companies. However, what they found is that the average spend percentage on advertising expenses as a percentage of revenue has declined from 1.3% in 2011 all the way down to 0.3% in 2021. 0.3% spent on advertising. Now, some quick context. When I was at NVR, as an employee, our goal was 0.7%. And I think they didn't really like that our my goal was 0.7. Uh, Heartland, our brand was a little bit higher. So even back then, that was 2012. We, uh, you know, we were significantly below kind of this average. But I also want to just say that um, 
certainly public builders can scale many things, advertising being one of them more effectively and efficiently than smaller builders. The other is we don't necessarily know that how each one of these builders categorizes advertising as opposed to marketing. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what, what is this? I think so we'll assume this is Facebook ads, Google ads, like distribution of what we're making, but is it measured the same to, to your point? Kevin? Yeah. Like the sales office signage in one builder go under marketing expenses slash signage expenses or is, or just advertising. Right. And, and so, but it's either way you cut it. That's, that's a lot of m- less money that's being spent. I mean, if you do, which I can't, let's just pick like a, what's DR Horton, like 12 billion. That's probably low we'll now, 14, 14 billion in revenue. Okay. If you save an and extra 1% of 14 billion, that's a lot of, that, that's, that's yeah. more than our giveaway. My way. I'm pretty sure on this episode. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit less. So now I wonder if that's out of, um, yeah, it's some market. So homes are selling more easily on their own, but also like, are they forced to lower their advertising because they're limiting sales? So it's kind of like all these different factors are in place, but definitely demand is insane. Yeah, so like push this bunch. Do we think that Taylor Morrison spent nothing on their buy online program? It probably just wasn't under advertising, you know, to build out the system to create the tools. So that that's my only, not my only hope. It sounds like a Star Wars reference. My main hope is that builders are continuing to invest in marketing, but by all means, reduce expenses wherever you can in advertising. Agreed. And the differences there, again, we don't have time to go into now. Our listeners know, know those differences well, I think. We've talked a lot about it. But you don't have to spend advertising dollars. Don't. But keep marketing. Keep creating content. Keep improving your website. Uh, keep you know, working towards the future of how homes are bought and sold. Um, I think all makes sense. Yeah, definitely. All right. Up from builderonline.com, why millennials are leaning heavily towards new builds. Not only do they want to buy new houses, they are likely to recommend the process to their friends. This was interesting. Sounds good to me. I thought it was interesting. Some of the things they were saying, the reasons for kind of contradicted each other, like they're ready to move into no changes, but you can customize. Whereas I I feel like there was more of a trend of people going and rehabbing old houses than there is now for some reason. And I'm not sure the reason, but, um, because they're working from home. So they all got, they have all kinds of time to rehab their house. That's it. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Reminder, we've been fully remote from the beginning to do convert. So we're not afraid of that at all. And they just talked about how they have more of a pride of ownership when they actually have gone through the build process and the new mm-hmm. process and customized. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, like a like a baby mm-hmm. being born, the kind of the same process of watching it being built. And they want to be involved. And yeah. that's where if you're a builder that says, get the heck away from my home site, you're not allowed here. What are you doing? You're missing out on an opportunity with with this group. Yeah. But I would say all all groups right now. Yeah. Um, I think it could be another thing is just the finances of millennials compared to say a older generation, like they might have their down payment money, but then once that's in, there's not money left cash left over to then rehab or fix a home and prove it, upgrade it. So if they purchase an older home, which it seems like most that I see in my area, you have to do something Well, you put that down payment down. Well, there goes the majority of your cash. You're not going to then spend 40, 50, 60,000 to remodel the kitchen. You don't have that anymore. So well, you, you can't find anybody to remodel the kitchen. Yeah, so there's all these things. So like, I could just get this brand new home. The value is, at least for us, the value of buying new. And this was 2018. We signed our contract, moved in 2019. But the value of this house versus what we were able to buy 
with the same budget was just like, why would we even like consider existing for the mm-hmm. area that we live in? It's just did not make any sense. Uh, well, and when the article talks about patience being required, and I think that's also really interesting. A lot has been talked about and needing to inoculate our customers with proper expectations. But if you get your customers to help prep other customers with those expectations, like it's different to hear someone who went through the process and say, you know what, at the end of the day, you're going to love your house. It is going to be a longer process than you're probably expecting. That coming from another customer is, I think, infinitely more effective than the builder saying, uh, because how does it come across from the builder? Anything other than we're just really slow. (laughs) Yeah, It's like, yeah, there's no positive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like telling somebody to calm down who's mad. (laughs) You just need to be patient. That's not going to go over well. Like, don't tell me to be patient. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Next up from Zillow.MediaRoom.com. Buyers pay up to 3.7% more for homes that work hard and play hard. Boy, Zillow, you get get all the love on the 200th episode here with these articles. Um, Sustainable, eco-friendly features can contribute to homes selling up to 10 days faster than expected. Things like a broadband internet connection, I think like, like that's a must. Homes with retreat spaces, like a she shed meditation room, that's interesting, can call, sell for around 2% more. EV chargers and drought-resistant landscaping also. So some features that work hard, meaning lets you work productively, remotely, is really important. And then the play hard are those fun, uh, fun spaces. And then sustainability kind of encapsulates all of it. But I thought... Top 10 features that sell homes for more than expected. I don't think anyone's going to guess number one. Some of these no. surprised no, me. I guess that one. A steam oven. What is this? I'll uh, Google it later. Isn't that like a turbo? Like tur- Turbo Chef used to be a brand back in the oven, day. It's right? it's using steam. Steam. And I, I don't know. I'm sure I somebody Googled it. Chat. It's supposed to be healthy. But yeah, it surprised me that it was number one on the list. Doesn't it cook faster too? Mm-hmm. Or no? I guess so. We'll need to find out. I feel like it gives you so time back. Send me a steam oven. Convection does. I don't know about steam oven. Uh, and then faster features that homes helps homes sell faster. Yeah, that first a seismic nice. retrofit. Uh, okay. I guess that's so. like um, for for earthquakes, right? I like assume so. Earthquake protection, EV, EV charging stations. stations. Uh, I can see some being very narrow. Like if you're like, I have a Tesla. My wife has a Tesla. Oh, that's already in that house. We save some out of pocket money on that. Like that will push you to probably get that home further or quicker. Turf landscaping. But it also looks like, it, is it the cause? Is it the reason? Is it the, because some of these are just things the real that comment. people have put money into. So yeah, those homes that obviously money have been put into are going to sell faster. But is it because of the steam oven or is it because this is a house that has had That's in the right location at the right price. Like it just so happens that these things are there. I uh, I love Don's comment here. Pretty sure a for sale sign will sell your home for more than expected and faster than expected right now. Oh, that's so that's cute. Funny. A for sale sign? We yeah. don't do that. Andrew, didn't you say right before we got someone just went live and was in front of a house saying it's for sale but wouldn't tell anyone anything about yeah, it? Yeah, and a, a local Facebook marketing group, the realtor, put the, the home up and said, here's the specs on it. DM for price. And everyone in the group's <laughs> like, this is garbage. People are trying to find homes. What are you doing? Wow. It's like, there's no problem with this. So he was, he was not winning any local friends trying to be that realtor hiding the price. Yeah, don't uh, do that. All right. Last up from CNBC.com. The direct to consumer craze is slamming into reality. This is just kind of a 
what's happening with advertising generally. And it sounds like they need our help with, with Facebook, Instagram ad fixes, uh, maybe would help them, <laughs> but brands like Warby Parker, Stitch Fix, yeah. Allbirds pioneered a new form of retail, one that went direct to consumer via the internet instead of selling through established outlets. But now a gloomy confluence of rising Facebook ad prices, worsening ad measurement, soaring shipping costs, newly sober public markets. That means they can't get f- cash as easily. And smaller than anticipated customer bases are dealing direct to consumer companies a harsh blow. So they're losing billions of dollars collectively in their stock's value and underperforming as as organizations, partly because they can't do digital marketing as well as they used to, partly because of other things like shipping. But tell me what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, um, I'll go first because I used to be in e-commerce, which is great. So in e-commerce world, like it's like day to day. So you have X amount of money. How much profit did we make? Because you're you're trying to cash flow your advertising costs. It's like right trying then. to um, instead of reinvesting your profits every year into the next year of your business, you're saying you're trying to do that like Very what do we make on Monday that we can reinvest yeah. into more well, ads on your, Tuesday? Your spend is say fifty thousand per day. Your Warby Parker or Stitch Fix. So fifty. Do you have that much per week? Five times seven, three hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Well, that's profit that you need to earn from that. And so you could have two or three bad weeks in a row. Now you're negative 800,000 something. So it's yeah. very quickly. So if it gets volatile, your attribution, which is what the, the issue here is what I see is their attribution fell off the cliff. What are they to do? They can't scale. They can't, you know, they're hiring like these experts and gurus like, Hey, I know e-commerce. I know this magic formula. They're always chasing these little things that we, to me, it's fortunate. We don't have to deal with that because our buying cycles are completely different. We don't have to worry about a day-to-day profit with our Facebook ads. So, oh yeah, it's, it's definitely a mess. And I, there's, which should free up money for us, like space for us on Facebook, which hopefully will help out. Well, and if you're like margins are that tight, you know, yeah. you can't out Amazon, Amazon, like a lot of these things too, if you're going for like a lower price, bigger quantity it's hard to compete and then on like the the glasses one my mom the other day just broke her glasses she had bought it from a place like this and she's like oh i need to go into the optometrist oh no i ordered it online you know there's a lot of things playing into some of the how things are changing especially if your price previously say they mentioned the gas price is going up so shipping shipping is more expensive Mm -hmm. you're no longer as competitive and it's like oh the trade-off i'll just get it today i'll spend 20 dollars more locally Versus before, maybe it was $50 or 30 or 40 Well, I think before the trade-off was, I might pay a little bit more, but I'll get it delivered to me tomorrow. So I don't yeah. have to do it. But now because of supply being short of so many things, you know, I, I find this with my own house stuff. Uh, I will be much more likely to go on Home Depot's website, see if they have something in stock at a store nearby. I'm like, I mean, it's 10 minutes out of my way. I'll go just pick it up because I don't know if I, or especially if I don't get it from Amazon, if I'm going direct to the provider of a material, holy, I mean, I'm going to get that dreaded email in three days that says, oh, we're sorry. We actually don't have it or you're going to get it in three months and Mm -hmm. there are no refunds, you know, that kind of stuff. So, hey, you know who just bought the ticket to Market Proof Academy? I don't. It is our friends from Guatemala. Uh, really? Oh, for those nice. of you who, who were able to be at the show, when I did my presentation on the market proof marketing algorithm, there was a gal there who was, it was like, who's from farthest away from Guatemala. And I said, what are you building? Single family, multifamily? And she said, nice. a city. So, she's <laughs> so like, here is the town. How cool is that? So that is uh, awesome. you two brush up on your Spanish because mine's terrible. Mm. Hola. I'll have to. Have, yeah. Looking forward to that. That's fun. Okay. 
All right. As yeah, promised, yeah, 415 go. Eastern, I got to go. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us on this 200th episode live on the, on the stream. We will pick a winner later this evening. So I'm going to give everyone another hour. I know. Don't don't at me on Twitter, but I'm going to give everyone else an hour to still comment, and then we will pull the winner. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.